Hey there. Before we begin, um, I just want to reiterate that this mystery arc, um, this podcast in general, and especially this episode, um, is going to have a blanket trigger warning for some disgusting imagery. So if you are sensitive to things like blood or um, worms or uh, descriptions of weird smells or um, anything of that nature, um, general horror stuff... uh, I would advise that you maybe skip through this episode or skip it entirely or just brace yourself for some of that to um, come up. So um, if you are all set with that, um, I just want to thank you again for tuning in um, because we are having a great time and really enjoying putting on this show for you guys. So um, without further ado, strap strap yourselves in um, to your comfiest chair with straps i guess oh geez what is this what is this trigger warning um and uh enjoy the show (laughs) previously on polyvox the main way that most humans have um tried to gain magical powers is through like dealings with with evil spirits um with what they think are evil spirits, what actually some of these spirits think are evil spirits. Like they think that they are servants of some demon um, and that they are fulfilling some dark purpose. Um, This may or may not be true. The Library of the Moon is a vast, beautiful building of white stone and glass with soaring light-colored maple bookshelves. Spiral staircases link balconies of stacks going up six stories, which overlook an enormous atrium over which hang delicate sculptures of metal plates and wires from the ceiling. I called you here because these three high-profile sea glass alumni have already disappeared, actually, uh, in the last six years, which may not seem like a lot, but the three who disappeared were actually related. Uh, They were a family of highly regarded translators who directly opposed the works of... um, And he lowers his voice a little bit. Dr. Sean Coulter? So, when... When did you start to suspect the dark magic again? Oh, he's been bragging about it for about a year. In this inn off campus, the Lumen Inn, he's been... Starting around last year, he's been boasting about his mythic success and magical inquiries. My name's Shilke. How can I help you? Someone at the university recommended we talk to you about some of the goings-on with the head of philosophy. Oh, that Coulter man? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. He's kind of a piece of shit, isn't he? You suspect that she knows something about magic or something supernatural. And she pulls a book out of her pocket, too. Like, a out of her bag. Um, it's called Juniper and the Shiny Bug. And it looks like a kid's story. But the story is about a parasite, which gives the main character, Juniper, magical powers when fed, but takes control of her and inflicts harm on her and her loved ones once she stops feeding it. So she actually gives the shiny bug away to a boy named Hans, who gives it to a man named Gus. But Gus finds out that the third owner of the shiny bug can't give away the creature and it will always find him no matter where he goes, or how he hides from it, or who he gives it to. And one day, it crawls inside his head to control his thoughts. Sounds like the Theorist Society has a lead on how Dr. Coulter could be performing his dark magic. But how will they stop him? Find out with us on Polybox! office with a large well-loved desk in the corner under a window flanked by two large bookcases filled with leather-bound journals and an oil lamp sitting on the floor in the opposite corner near a chaise lounge chair and a footstool um side note i remember writing ottoman in this in these notes and then i was like wait a second 
is that a word that would exist on East? And I was like way <laughs> do, overthinking that. I thought that was do, just. Do they have an Ottoman <laughs> Empire? <laughs> There's an empire far away that makes these these yeah. this strange branches. <laughs> <laughs> they call these they call these footstools fecklesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, another door opens into a closet with a few jackets hanging inside, and there is a hat rack in a third corner of the room, and a threadbare blue carpet covers a few of the broad oak floorboards. A hallway beyond the closet leads off into a bedchamber and a commode. I feel like Rue would head to the office. Okay. Um... Let's see. I'm going to have you make. Well, what are you looking for, first of all? Anything suspicious. Okay. So I'll have you roll investigation. Your investigation score is. Um, zero. So, you will roll 1d6. Oh, I'm sorry. 1d6. Not, not, not 1d6. You will roll 5d6 because it's a logic skill. Okay. So, five times? Yeah. If you find a six, that's a success. If you I've find got, another six, that's another one. I've got two. Excellent. So, what am I trying to roll for? Six. I've got a one and a two. Okay. A three and a five. Okay. And a three. Okay. So you don't find anything completely like out of the ordinary. The uh, the desk has a bunch of papers on it, um, written in uh, like a like a very precise like slanting hand. Um, and uh, otherwise, it's very tidy. Um, you can tell that this guy really takes care of his stuff. Um, the 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 journals in the um, in the office uh, bookcases are all like diaries. Um, he's kept a diary for a very long time, but there's no reference to anything magical in them. Hmm. Um, let's go to Nicodemus. Where are you headed in the apartment? I think I'm headed to the bedroom. Uh, let's see if there's anything like I try to rummage through like dresser drawers and see if anything like sock mentioning the bug Okay. Got your sock drawer, yeah. Uh, roll investigation, which is going to be 3d6 for you. All right. I have a two, a five, and a four. Okay. So no successes. Um, you don't find anything completely out of the ordinary. You just find a bedroom closet. Um, I will give you that the bedroom closet smells kind of weird. <laughs> hmm. That's where he keeps his dirty laundry and his secret dark magic stuff. And it, <laughs> so, both of his dirty laundries. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> both of his dirty laundries. Hey! Hey! <laughs> and uh, any skeletons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird, weird how? Uh, it just smells like kind of bad. Like rotten eggs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will sort of rummage through the closet, I guess. Should I make another investigation? No, no um, I'm going to actually have... Uh, if you want to communicate that to someone else in the party, I'll have them make an investigation check. Um, ah. Uh, probably to Victor, because um, he's the only one who hasn't yet. Um, mm. I want something yeah. Because to do. I, yeah, also, <laughs> also just because, like, in Vessen, like, typically, like I said, like, when you are making it uh, some kind of skill test, that is mm. your test for the duration of the interaction. So mm. all you have found with your zero successes is that something smells kind of weird. 
Okay. Right. I I shout. God, this stinks in here. <laughs> All right, Victor, Something's... roll investigation. He goes into the he goes into the bedroom. And says, "Here, let's figure um, what let's figure out what this is." How much? What's your investigation score, Victor? Two. Two. Okay, so roll your two plus your logic. Oh, plus my logic. Oh, wow. So I rolled. So that's two plus five dice. Yeah. So roll seven dice. Okay. So I rolled two already. Did you have any sixes? Not yet. Okay. I have one six. Okay, that is enough. Um, there is a secret compartment compartment in the bottom of the bedroom closet. Um, you find four oh. more notebooks inside. This are they full? Are they full of erotica? No. <laughs> Uh, it's answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) I can't because I I was about to be like, you find so much spit. (laughs) Oh no, no, Chris. Um, no, you find you actually don't find any spit, but you do find that the compartment is weirdly warm. And it smells strongly of rotten eggs. Three of the notebooks contain dossiers written in this wide looping script, which is somewhat actually very entirely different from the script that you noticed, Rue. Um, it's the, but you can read them, uh, and they're about the three vanished academics Kita Liod, the imperial cartographer, Tsin the Eloquent, the associate professor of archaeology, and their daughter, Fia who had recently graduated Seaglass with a degree in philology or linguistics prior to her disappearance. Curiously, the final volume, which appears to be the most frequently and recently used, is in that very different handwriting, the slanted, scratchy handwriting. So this one matches the handwriting on Dr. Coulter's desk. This notebook alludes to a secret office in the basement of the library, and... The writer has said, this is where I can find the freedom I've sought at a price I've only just begun to accept. It also refers to something called a spurtus, which you gather to be another name for the shiny shop. <laughs> you, you take this to be another name for the shiny bug. Um, is that the genus but, name? What was it? The spurtus? You, you also... What's that? Spurtus Domesticus. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also gather that this thing has a lot of names. Like, it tells everyone a different name. Um, it... Dr. Coulter tried in vain to find the Spurtus's true name, with which he could bind it and banish it, but he alludes to finding some different and decidedly less pleasant method for getting rid of the Spurtus for good. Um, and with your one success on investigation, I will say also that um, it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that the dossiers on the vanished academics appear to have been written by someone else and planted here. Now we gotta figure out who planted them. Oh, um, also it says that uh, the notebook that that has the stuff about the basement of the library, Mm -hmm. it says that the ritual that he's trying to complete um, is meant to take place at the new moon, and that is tonight. Oh, fuck. Okay. Let's let's, let's head over there. We gotta stop this ritual, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So the Library of the Moon doesn't close its doors at night, but there's hardly anyone inside. Um, You explore the offices for a while before finding a cramped stone staircase that descends into the basement, which is damp and smells sulfurous. You all begin to sweat as you descend single file. Uh, What's your marching order? Who's going first? 
I'll go first. Okay. Who's going last? Rue. I'll go last. Oh. Oh, you. Rue, Rue, you can go last. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) I think that interaction was in character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. The staircase opens onto a wide, low-ceiling cellar hewn from rough cement. None of you actually need to stoop, but it kind of feels like you do. The smell is stronger here, and it almost seems to burn your lungs, and you hear this distant echo through the cellar of someone having a severe coughing fit. That tracks. Hmm. What do you do? Try not to cough. (laughs) Can we head towards there, but, like, stealthily? (laughs) Yeah, um, everyone make a stealth test. Should I should I Which, add precision many? to that or? Uh, yeah, you add precision. So you, um, for your Connor, you have um, two stealth plus three um, precision, so five d six. I roll five d six. Yeah, I think I'm also five d six. Kate, you've got um, four precision plus one stealth, so also 5d6. You also have the option to use your plus two advantage for stealth. And... I have no successes. I feel like now's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So roll 7d6. Still looking for sixes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I got a six. Okay. Keep going. I got... Keep going? Yeah. I got another one. Okay. Keep going until you hit seven. Okay. I got two sixes. Two sixes. Great. Connor? Um, I got a five, a one, a two, and two fours. Oh, boy. Oh, Boise. Um, Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> well, mine's going to be worse. Okay. Because oh, I no. got three threes, a two, and a one. Oh, Boise, Idaho. Okay. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I get to take a hard move against. Uh, that's kind of powered by the apocalypse language, but I get to take a hard move against you guys. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Which. Um, so Rue melts into the shadows um, Rue has 100% like you you like don't remember where Rue was last time you saw them <laughs> holy shit wow. <laughs> Nicodemus <laughs> Nicodemus looks behind him and goes this is pretty scary huh Rue and then <laughs> yeah and your voice echoes off of, <laughs> off of this I'm guessing Victor coughs yeah, yeah, Victor, you're coughing. Mm. Um, and you wind your way around the pillars in the cellar until you find a circular room with a much higher ceiling. It's about 60 feet in diameter and has a raised circular dais in the center, around which sit 12 people facing into the circle. Um, they have their hands tied slightly be- t- tied tightly behind their backs. And they are in their undergarments. <laughs> their heads... <laughs> their heads are covered with sacks. And they are sitting perfectly still. What kind of ritual is this, pray tell? <laughs> well, you're about to find out. Oh boy. <laughs> because uh-huh. sitting on the dais, coughing his lungs out, there's a man. His wavy silver hair is escaping from what was once a tidy bun. And he is wearing a brown suit jacket over a wrinkled white shirt and a stained green tie. He appears to have been here for some time, and he spits a fresh wad of blood onto the dais and wipes his mouth on his jacket sleeve. And he stands up calmly facing you. I didn't call you here. Who are you? The room seems to hum and vibrate with energy and you notice the stains of blood on the floor shaking and crawling around as if they're alive god damn it 
Uh-oh. What do you do? I'm guessing we can't run. No, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> Uh... Room isn't seen, right? No, room is not seen. We must have gotten lost. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Can I make a distraction to... Sure. Distract them from the sacrifice that's clearly about to happen? <laughs> um... Uh, roll to manipulate. Okay. Uh, how many... That would be for you. Um, an empathy plus manipulation test. Empathy plus manipulation. Okay, so, so that's... four empathy and three manipulation, so seven. Seven, okay. One sec. I got one six. Okay. And... Three fives, okay. two threes, and a two. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, you successfully distract him. What do you do to distract him? I <laughs> I think in that moment I panic. I see that uh, someone is about to be sacrificed, and I just sort of assume that they don't deserve it. So. I just, I, I look at Victor solemnly and I nod and then I go running <laughs> and just sort of clapping my hands and screaming, stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this. Uh, Dr. Coulter um, is... <laughs> His attention has been gotten. <laughs> you, you, you have his full attention. He just got got. Good. Uh, in the meantime, is there anything that you are doing, Victor or Rue? Well, as Victor is doing this, I think I want to try and distract. Uh, wait, well, since Dr. Coulter's already being distracted, mm -hmm. I want to. I kind of want to figure out what's up with these bugs, and... Oh, there's no bugs. It's just the blood was, oh, like, running. Oh, the blood's just weird. crawling. I want to figure out it's why the weird. fuck the blood's crawling. Um... Roll learning. Roll learning. And do I add logic to that? Yes, you do. So that's eight dice. Nice. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight... I have two sixes, a five, two two, no, three twos and two ones. Okay, so two sixes gets you two successes. There's something really weird and magical afoot. Something's happening with this this man here. He's hmm. clearly got some magic. Really? <laughs> Shit, I don't think I would have noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's got some weird-ass energy, like, running through this whole mm -hmm. room. And it is making very strange things happen. Mm -hmm. And you don't recognize it, but you just, like, this is your area of interest. Like, you don't know exactly what this is, but you, this is your area of interest. And you're like, holy shit, I'm learning something new. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess that could be your slow action. You have a fast action as well. Okay, so what can I do for my fast action? Um, you can say something, anything that doesn't take a lot of time. It's kind of like a bonus action. Dr. Coulter, like, what's going on here? What, what are you doing? What are you doing here? What is all this? Um. <clears throat> well, soon I'll be rid of this blasted beast and I can disappear just like the cartographer did. And, uh, the room actually begins to fill with sticky, billowing fog as he spits on the ground again and the light in the room begins to dim. Uh-oh. That's... That's pretty funky. <laughs> it smells so bad. 
It smells so bad. Why does magic smell so bad? Do you have to make a geyser erupt in the middle of the room? Like shit, man. Jesus. Dr. Coulter chuckles and he says, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Harrington. There's a certain irony to being proven right in your theories on the hidden folk in this way, but it's too bad you won't be able to tell anybody. And Uh-oh. he draws a long dagger Come on. with a dark blade and points it at you. And he's like halfway across the room, like he's not clearly any threat to you right now, but He's brandishing this dagger at you, and you actually begin to feel kind of weird. Oh, come on! And I need you to roll three force. Three force? Okay. Roll force test. Uh, so that's three dice? Three dice. Okay. Oh dear god, okay. Uh, that's a three, a three, and a four. I got two sixes, so... Your, your legs begin to weaken and give out underneath uh, you. Damn it! And you are now lame. You fall over and you can't walk. Oh. Um, you also take uh, physical damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and your legs are in excruciating pain. Ah! <laughs> There's still no sign of the shiny bug, but I need everybody to draw initiative. Uh-oh. So how do we do Just that? Roll. So for this one, we um, we actually have to take uh, a random number between 1 and 10, so get a random number generator, like, uh, or roll a d10. Roll a d10 around here somewhere. I got a 1. Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I don't either. Four. Sorry. Okay, I think you go first, actually, Connor. Oh, oh boy. Uh, what what was your role, um, Ollie? There's a four. Four. Okay. Um, I got a nine. Nine, okay. And okay, so uh, Nicodemus, you're up. What do you do? You can take a slow or a fast action. Um, he is currently outside of any kind of melee range. Mm. I I can't use on one turn uh, like a run up and try to punch him, can I? No, you 100% can. He's, oh, within, he's within that kind of range. I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a get his ass. Get like, him! Okay. Get him! <laughs> um, so... Uh, I need you to roll force. Are you using the, um, the crowbar? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I have that on me, right? Mm-hmm. I just assumed I left all my items back at the wood spire. You have a walking Manor. stick and a crowbar. <laughs> walking stick and a crowbar. Okay, I'm gonna smack him with the crowbar. Okay, uh, the crowbar does uh, one damage, I think. Oh. Um, so I need you to roll a skill test uh, with force. I'm sorry, skill. with close combat. Close combat. So that would be for you. Um, what's force for you? I think my force is pretty high, considering. Oh, you have five physique, but no yeah. force and no close combat. So you roll 5d6. 5d6. Alright, I've got one six um, oh. and a five. Heck yeah, okay. Um, Alright, so you hit the hand of his that's holding the dagger. Hell yeah. And break his fingers. Yeah! <laughs> yes! Get his ass! Or his fingers. Wow. Oh, it's already, the violence is so much crunchier than in like 
5e. Yeah. Um, and he screams, and as he screams, your crowbar shrinks in your hand until it's the size of a toothpick. What? Oh, you magic bitch. <laughs> Tweet that, magic, please, Ollie. I magic am, I am already bitch. on it. <laughs> you, you magic ma- bitch. Magic having broke fingers, bitch. Okay, that's the tweet. <laughs> you magic having broken fingers, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ollie, you're up. Or rather, Victor is up. Oh no, I'm sorry. Wait, who rolled the nine? I'm down, actually. I rolled the nine. <laughs> you rolled the nine, okay. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Victor, you cannot do very much. No. But you can talk. What have you done? <laughs> uh oh. Um, and he says uh, to you, between screaming about his fingers, um, he says. I told you it's too late. You can't stop me. Unless you know this Spurtis's name, you can't stop the magic, and you can't stop him from ever taking control. Oh, hey, was it scribbled down in the book? That. Uh, which book? Or was it the name that um, the girl gave him? Uh. Rosh- um, Roshane? Roshane or something? Or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Rue, is that your turn? Do you say the name? Do that name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you would have another action. Yeah, if you, if you yeah. Yeah? Okay. Um... As soon as you say Roshin, Dr. Coulter screeches a horrible blood curdling scream. Cut his ass! Yeah! The fog draws back from him, and you see his body dripping with sweat, twisted in horrible, impossible shapes, suspended in the air. (laughs) Funky. Um. Victor, Circus you regain control of your legs. Oh, thank God. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> can Victor stand? Yeah, you can mm. stand up, but you still feel a little weak. Mm-hmm. Um, can I... As you watch. Yeah? Oh, sorry. Can I give Victor my walking stick? Yeah. With that? Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> here you go. Here, here you go. I've completely forgotten to do the voice. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is fine. As you watch, Dr. Coulter flips over in the air and begins to cough even more deeply than you've seen so far, and blood pours from his mouth. Hmm. I need you all to make a fear test. That's with logic or empathy. The value for this test is one, so you need one success. Um, Rue gets to add two dice to this because of their combat medic training. So it's just the attribute, nothing else? Yeah, just uh, either logic or empathy. Okay. Okay. So. And oh God. we roll d sixes in the number of logic or empathy. Yes. So gotcha. for you, I think it would be I four will... empathy. Yeah. I. <laughs> wow. I rolled four and got three ones and a five. Okay. I rolled for logic. Uh. And got two sixes, a five, a four, and a three. So I okay, cool. so I can do five logic plus two. Yeah, two you can seven. Do a seventy-six. Three four. Four four. I rolled that much logic. One six. Ableton would have been able to help me now. Okay. Um, and a three. I got one six. Okay. So, um. How many of you rolled sixes? I'm sorry. I did. It was just. It was. I rolled one. I think it was okay. just. Yeah, it Victor was. And it was just Victor and Rue. Um. Okay, so Nicodemus, you are terrified. You have the condition terrified. 
Um, oh. Which means. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, roll 1d6. Uh oh. Please don't be. Shit. It's a six. Oh no. Oh uh, no. Okay. Oh, that's actually bad. That's the one that's bad. I was time excited, but then I was like, oh. see a six. Um Okay. So it takes six rounds to regain control of yourself. Oof. Jesus. You can choose either to flee, freeze, faint, or attack. Uh what would I attack? Would I attack Coulter? Well, you attack the nearest hostile person or creature with whatever weapon you are currently holding. I guess... That? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Professor Coulter is flipping over in the air and, like, uh, he coughs out what seems like all the air out of his lungs... And when I tell you that the, this next part that I wrote grossed me out as I was writing it. <laughs> For some reason, I'm a long, fat, off-white worm <laughs> uncoils from inside his mouth. Wow. And you're blasted with heat and the smell of sulfur and the fog totally lifts. The worm Yeesh. drops to the ground one coil at a time oh, with no. a soft plop sound. <laughs> Stubby pink tentacles surround what you assume is the worm's mouth. And Dr. Coulter twists out of his position in midair and falls to the ground beside the worm, moaning. He's no longer apparently hostile, so I'm actually not going to let you attack him. <laughs> okay. Well, then I freeze, I guess. Okay. Um, the worm is still, but for the occasional pulse and the wave of a tentacle. Hmm. And it begins to smoke, and its skin begins to blister and peel. Hmm. Is it dying, or is it do? reaching a new form? <laughs> yeah. Is this good or bad? <laughs> it is not passing any vibe check. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Uh... Are there still I mean, people tied up? You can't do anything. I can't do shit. I'm... Yeah. yeah, there's still people tied up. Can I go untie them? Yeah. Okay. Um, you untie three people's hands, and in the space of time that it takes you to untie the next person, you notice they are not moving. They do not seem to be... They don't seem to even know that they're there, or be awake. Oh. Can I... So you finish untying everybody. Oh. Uh oh. What do you do next? Lift a hood. Okay. Yeah, they uh, they have their. Um, you lift the hood of one of them, and it is Hewlin Prentice. <gasps> oh, you. And his eyes are open and totally blank. Ah, oh, damn! Oh no! Oh. oh no! He's one of those bitches from back at the inn. <laughs> Actually, you lift everyone's hood, and those bitches from back at the inn are there. <laughs> oh no, they got him! <laughs> oh no! What? Um, what? <laughs> as well as a much more peaceful looking Shilke the barmaid. Oh no! No! no. Oh fuck! Oh. <sighs> Are, um, can I ask questions if I'm frozen, or hey, can you... I just not do shit? Let me see what Freeze does. Your body refuses to move. You cannot talk. Gotcha. Can I look around? Uh, you, you can't perform any actions. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> For six turns. Huh? For six turns. <laughs> cool. Um, but combat is just about over um, because uh, the you actually hear this small whispering in your heads, and it says, 
This voice says, I'm sorry, Via. I failed. I couldn't find you. Ooh. And the worm bursts into a sudden bright white flame, which briefly dazzles you. And the shadows of the twelve seated around the dais sway sickeningly on the walls. Whoa. Ugh, damn. Dr. Coulter lies on <laughs> the ground on the dais um, next to the sooty shadow of Roshin the Spurtus, and he's mm. babblingly, he's babbling indistinctly between bouts of vomiting. The mm. 12 people sitting around the dais begin to stir. And uh -oh. they wake from their trance all at once. Okay. Um, Shilke starts sobbing. And no. sweetheart. <laughs> baby. Oh, sweet. Sweet baby. <laughs> uh what are you guys what are you guys gonna do? The the scene the terror appears to be over. So I so remember when I was saying like when we were talking about like, oh, you may have to get some kind of parasite to uh to do some dark magic and stuff. Mm. Isn't that something Victor read about earlier? Or was that... Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's just, yeah, but mm. you, you did not use the observation um, right, yeah. advantage right, yeah. that you gained from that. Um, yeah, so the Spurtus is one of those dark spirits that you may be... Um, that people do interact with occasionally to gain magical powers. Um... Mm. So, Shilke says, can we go, please? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you guys lead them to safety above ground, uh, including um, the six zealots that you encountered in the bar, <laughs> um, and uh, Hugh and Prentice and Shilke and four professors at the university. Um it's about 2 a.m., and the rain feels soothing and cool against your faces. Mm -hmm. Perched above the double doors of the library, a large crow calls loudly and flaps off toward the mountains. And that is where we will leave our story for now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, we need to decide, before we stop recording, we actually need to decide if any of what the game calls insights or defects that anybody gained during this mystery are permanent. Um, and I can think of one. Victor, Dr. Coulter put a spell on you to make you lose your footing in the library basement. Mm -hmm. You find that your legs never really fully returned to their full strength. Damn, that sucks. Oh. Um, it's helpful for you to walk with the walking stick that Nicodemus gave you. Um, you find it helpful for from here forward. Um, though there is no pain anymore, you find yourself less agile than you once were. Mm. And this has become what um, the game calls a defect, which I can activate once per mystery to make your life a little more challenging. Thanks. Ooh. <laughs> wow. This is probably a good time to remind the audience that we are not playing D&D, &D, and this game <laughs> is probably like mechanically harder than 5th edition. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it seems it's interesting because I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, good, it, good. it's interesting just the way that it differs at that one combat encounter mm -hmm. <laughs> was maybe it was just that it was like the first guy that we fought. But the fact that the fight was like, can I run up and break this guy's fingers? You <laughs> 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 went fully. Yeah. Like there was no spells. No, no, it's it's harder, but at the same time, kind of shorter. And I, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a little more grounded. And um, like the effects that happen to you are. Mm. It, I, it's like a it's a steeper. Um, challenge to like there's more stakes, there's more at stake, yeah. I think, is what I was trying to say. Um, 
it's not like oh yeah i do fucking acrobatics and shoot a dragon in the air with a fireball like no you have to run up to this guy and yeah. club him in the head with a <laughs> crowbar yeah and, and, like, is- if you don't do that then like you can't just heal back the damage like that's not no. how this game works Nic- nicodemus's crowbar right. does it return to normal size yeah it does oh thank fuck oh hey <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, I've been reading about games that just make use of smaller numbers in general, and I like that flavor better for storytelling because it never lets you become so overpowered that you're like bored by dragons or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. You guys are um, never going to be necessarily able to outright kill one of these beasts or spirits that you're up against. Um, rather, your major weapons are going to be your minds and your words. So... Mm. Um, I think those constraints make our story more interesting and it gives it higher stakes and I will try not to kill you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Much <Nice>. appreciated. <laughs> uh, did anyone else have a condition, injury, or insight that I forgot to mention? Um, oh yeah, you're terrified, but you become not terrified anymore. You're That's not permanent. You're fine now. Gotcha. Cool. Um, there is a feature, there's a mechanic in um, Vesson where if you acquire enough mental conditions, you become what's called broken and um, you need to be like inspired back to health with a full day of rest and recuperation and other players getting involved. Interesting. Um, So me IRL. Same. (laughs) We are, who amongst us is not broken. Yeah. Yeah, Same. (laughs) A little. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, anyone else got like an insight uh, or a condition that's really going to be permanent. Um, I don't think, Rue, I don't think anything really happened to you besides um, uh, you stealthed out real quick and like no one could see you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, the last thing that we should address is um, getting XP. So you get experience points for every one of these questions that you can answer with a yes and. And 5 XP allows you to make an advance on a skill or to buy a new talent. Ooh. So there's not quite a leveling up feature. It's more like a point buy system with all the stuff that's already in the book. Okay. Um, So here's your questions. Did you participate in the session? So all of you take 1 XP. Um, So everyone mark down an experience point. Uh, Okay. Uh, The next question is, did you confront any Vesson? So all of you take another experience point. Did you identify a previously unknown Vesson? All of you take one experience point. Um, Were you affected by your dark secret? Does anybody want to make a case for this one? I might say yes. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because when um, the the daughter, uh, I forget her name. Sorry. When she, she the barmaid. Yes. Yeah. When she mentioned the ruby and uh, brass signet ring, mm-hmm. I immediately like took it off and put it in my pocket. Like, <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which. Um, yeah, so that that definitely had to do with your dark secret. So I'll I'll mm. give you an XP. So, uh, people had trouble getting the message to Victor. Uh, I don't. I think the. I don't know if the pale light had anything to do with it, but I think you suspected it did. Um, you know about your dark secret. Mm. You know about your own dark secret. Yeah, but you don't. Uh, so you kind of immediately suspected that's what was going on. Um, okay. For the audience, this is not going to make so much sense right now, but um, every character, every player character in Vesson has a dark secret, um, a motivation, a trauma, and a relationship to the other player characters um, that are defined before the game starts. And uh, the motivation has to do with why they are actually fighting Vesson or interacting with them at all. Um, the dark secret is what they're trying to keep away from the other characters, and the um, trauma is what gave them the sight. Um, 
for the purposes of this podcast, that's all you really need to know until more becomes revealed. Because some of you guys have dark secret properties that the others don't know. So, mm. um, so we're not we're not going to get into that until it happens organically. But um, we will mention it occasionally. Um, I will say that Victor, your dark secret affected you in the very beginning, uh-huh. so you can take an XP. Yay. Uh, Cade, did, did Rue get affected by their dark secret? I feel like, I mean, that the bug was trying to, like, hunt down the owner. Right. Yeah. I I don't think I'm going to give you that one. Yeah. Because, um... Fair. Fair, fair. <laughs> you know that, all you know about the bug is that it just doesn't, like, it doesn't quite hunt the owner i guess i guess i could have just clarified this more but it doesn't quite hunt the owner it's just like you can't get rid of it it's like an unlucky penny Ah. so it like always shows up with you um but uh never mind (laughs) it's not quite it's not quite the same thing as what's happening to you next uh did you take risks to protect other people i would say that all of you did um maybe actually if there were one of you that did this the most i would say it's nicodemus mm. but I, I risked my crowbar case. you risked your crowbar i risked my crowbar and also like my mortal self but yeah you got way up and close and personal with yeah. dr coulter um and ran around screaming to make sure that he didn't sacrifice 12 people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyone else can make a case for that as well. Um, I think we kind of, I think we all kind of technically took a risk, like breaking into the apartment, like actually doing all this stuff. But yeah. also that's kind of like part of the, the whole thing with the game. So yeah. it probably doesn't count. I think like, like I'm not sure if I'm going to... Mm, let's see. I think for now, let's just give this one point to Nicodemus. Yeah. Um, because I don't know um, how much... Because you're right. Like I think there is a baseline of risk that everyone is taking. But it's kind of like... How much are... Like, where are we going to set that yeah, that yeah. bar? Um, Would Rue stepping out of the safety of their shadow to shout the name count? Because that could go either way. Uh, I will leave it to this question. Um, how confident was Rue that that would work? <laughs> Hopeful, but it was kind of confident, not super confident. Okay. So, yeah, I'll give it to you. Because, yeah. like, if you weren't 100% certain, then yeah, that was exposing yourself. You were just hiding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll give that to Nicodemus and Rue. Um, next is, have you learned anything? And what have you learned? Are the players or the characters? <laughs> the characters. About this bug? That That's fair. Others, <laughs> that others are like like i think uh, nicodemus is still very much processing like in game time it's been a couple days mm-hmm. uh but i feel like he's still sort of processing that like oh shit other people like i wasn't just seeing things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not only am was i not seeing things but like there are others who mm-hmm. also see these and there is a larger world yeah um, like, I would say that all of you will get at least one XP just for that. Um, so all of you take one XP for learning something, which is that Vessen are real and that you're not crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, Victor also learned the sources of humans being able to perform dark magic. 
Or are you thinking more like... Yeah. Are you thinking less like hard facts and stuff and more concepts? Uh, that's a good question, too. I'm not sure. I think I'll give it to you for for what you gleaned in the library of the Woodspire Manor. Cool, okay. Yeah, so take another XP. Anyone else want to make a case for another experience point? Uh, I think I'm good. Okay. I've already got a bunch. Um, did you develop something in your headquarters? No, no one did. Mm-mm. Um, did you? Perform... I watched the little man. Does that <laughs> <laughs> count as character <laughs> development? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did you perform an extraordinary action? Oh, uh, my leg's real weak. That's not extraordinary. <laughs> I I broke a dude's fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> broke magic bitch's fingers. Yes. Magic bitch's fingers, and I exclaimed how a room stank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... I don't know if those really qualify as extraordinary. It's... I think this would mean like supernatural. Like, did you do anything supernatural? So I don't think so. No, no. Um, although I would maybe give that one to Rue because they were the one who like banished the Besson. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you take another XP. Cade and... Um, in the meantime, uh, between episodes, I'm going to ask you guys to uh, like take a look through um, any talents you might want to buy with your experience um, or any uh, skills that you might want to advance by a point. You can uh, you can advance a skill by one point for five e- for five XP. Cool. Um, and. Uh, you can take talents that are not just in your archetype. Like, there's also general talents. Oh, thank God. Um, so those are helpful to look through. Um, mm. How many XP does everyone have, by the way? I've got six. I also have six. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think. Okay, cool. Um, good. So you can all uh, take an advance in some way, which is great. Um, all right, so that's where we'll leave this episode. Um and thank you all for joining us for this first excursion into the world of Vesson and East. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into this episode of Polybox. This was the last episode of our first mystery arc, which we have been calling The Heretic. Um, and next episode, which will be in two Mondays, um, we'll be starting a new one with our other player, Lindsay, um, which I'm really excited about. I've missed them a lot. <laughs> um, and also, uh, in the meantime, you can find our Twitter at AnthroGang or our website at um, www.anthrogang.com. Um, that's where you can find things like maps of the region that we're playing in, the Sea of Refuge, um, the Isle of Light and Air, um, the Feckless Coast, Midgard, um, and other cool places that I've drawn out in Illustrator um, following tutorials by uh, Artifexian. <laughs> um, shout out to Artifexian and uh, Nathan Manjian who created those tutorials. Um, that's also where you can find things like our coffee, where you can donate, or our Patreon, where you can become a monthly patron, um, and some merch uh, that I've been publishing on Redbubble um, for a while now of fun mushroom friends and um, 
other cool stuff. So give that a look and make sure you like and follow our podcast on whatever podcatcher you're listening on and give us a review and share us with your friends. It's all super helpful and we really appreciate all the support that you've been showing us so far. So um, keep it up and we will see you um, in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks again. Thank <laughs> you.